0: It's a matter of your health. It's a matter of your health. The 30-minute radio show that gives you information and educates you on healthy living. Here's your host, board-certified physician, hypertension specialist, Dr. Vita Bland. We are so very pleased to welcome back to our microphones today, Miss Shalanda Burton. Miss Burton is an advanced certified birth doula. She is commission for dietary registry eligible. She's founder and executive director of the National Birth Coalition and she is the doula of North America International Southeastern Regional Director. Do you have time to sleep, my dear?
1: I try, I try. <laughs> Thank
0: you. You've got so much that you're doing, but we're so pleased that you took time out of your busy schedule to be with us because we have a topic that we need to talk about that is most important, and that is about the birthing of our children in America. And from what I can see, we are in deep, deep trouble with that. We are. So to get started, tell me exactly what a doula does.
1: Okay, um... A birth doula is a professional labor assistant. Um, We provide a birthing person with emotional, uh, physical, and educational support uh, for them and their partner uh, during pregnancy, during the labor, and immediately after the childbirth. Um, But a doula has two different uh, ways of, of assisting families during the birth But then there's what's called a postpartum doula that comes in right after a birth doula to be able to assist somewhere up to like maybe two or three months so that the parents get the hang of things. So there is actually a a birth doula and a postpartum doula. And how does that differ from a midwife? Well, um, doulas are not uh, medical professionals, so we don't do anything that's uh, medical. We don't check uh, vital signs. We don't check uh, any type of physical exams on a woman, um, a birthing person. We don't do anything clinically related. We basically just give the information, provide them with physical comfort and just emotional support, which is what a lot of black women need. uh, A lot of emotional support Before and after and during the birthing experience, especially with um, the statistics that you that you see and that we'll be discussing. It's a lot of information that we have to give.
0: I'm quite impressed about your organization, which is the National Birth Coalition. What prompted you to decide to birth this organization?
1: Um, it, It was just an instinct. It was an instinct for me to to look at what was happening, especially during the pandemic, it was it was almost the most devastating thing I had ever seen in my life. Um, so, basically, the nat at, at the National Birth Coalition, our goal is to eliminate the birth and health disparities um, in North Carolina and beyond. And so, uh, basically, our mission is to establish black women, indigenous women, and people of color as the severe priority in this country. Um, the statistics that we have um, prompted me to decide we've got to empower black and brown women. We need to advocate for the most effective evidence-based and culturally competent policies and practices to help improve our outcomes for our parents and our babies. And I have been studying the trends and the patterns on our health as black women, brown women in the whole maternity care setting uh, for over 20, 25 years. And it just, it had to be done because I really do feel that nobody's going to save us, but us when it comes to some of the things in order to have and achieve the most optimal preconception health we can have the most optimal prenatal health we can have. And of course, the postpartum care um, and experiences that we could have, because it, it, it just it was devastating to look at some of these statistics. So it was time.
0: Now, your organization has received a three hundred thousand dollar grant uh, for grassroots birthing project in the uh, Boston Thurman neighborhood. And I also note that you all talk about food justice also. How you gonna do all that?
1: We have partners. We've got great partners. Um, so yes, we were we were uh, we received a grant from Kate B Reynolds, and uh, my partners are a Population Health Improvement and Boston Thurman, uh, two other organizations that we partner with, and we well, because the disparities were so bad in in this area. Uh, in Winston-Salem, Forsyth County, they wanted to find a grassroots organization like the National Birth Coalition to help understand and and the birthing situation and that was going on here. But it didn't just start this year. It didn't just start during the pandemic. This actual area in Boston-Thurman, it's been deeply rooted with a lot of like. Decades upon decades of these type of birth um, outcomes, which were pretty much three zip codes here in, in the Winston-Salem area that we focus on. because the disparities have been so rampant for so long, um, that's how we became. To, that's how we come, came together uh, with the grant in order to work on pretty much anti-racism. That, that that's pretty much what it what it is. A lot of systematic uh, racism with the birthing people here in this area. Um, when it comes to the food justice part, we also look at the statistics that most of the uh, in the food insecurities the, uh, also happen to co- uh, coincide with the. Um, with the zip codes that were having the lowest birth outcomes and the worst birth outcomes for preterm births and the parents, the mother's uh, health. So when you look at the food insecurity and the uh, preterm birth rates and the maternal outcomes, they, they coincide. They, so there was no way to do one without the other. And that just happened to be one of my specialties back my background in nutrition and dietetics.
0: Now, one of the things that is also I found devastating was looking at the March of Dimes report card. And for those who would like to look at this, you can go to www.marchofdimes.org mission slash report card. It's, it's amazing that the country received a grade of C-minus. C-minus. Could you talk a little bit about it? Because I was just amazed at this report card and how in-depth it is.
1: A lot of times we think of uh, maternity systems and the way uh, that we look at medical care, this type of statistic in another country, third world country, something like that. Um, But because... The uh, pandemic brought so much up uh, systemically. Um, there was no support oftentimes in a lot of these hospitals during the pandemic. So with the loss of support, um, the loss of, of even mothers birthing by themselves, it, it was more or less the nobody was looking out. Nobody was looking out. Nobody was there to advocate for anybody. And, and we were left on our own birthing um, the outcomes across the board for the whole entire country. Just, just took a dive. And specifically in North across North Carolina, these statistics worsened and actually across the country, many of the statistics worsened. Um, it's especially important with black women because now we are at what, 51% of the preterm birth rate. And that's higher, that's higher than any other women um, in this country. So with 51% of the people, you know, giving birth and having uh, that type of effect on these statistics, it made a lot of things really worse for us.
0: So with the pandemic, not being able to have your loved ones with you through the birthing process, not having the emotional support with that, Not having maybe the food that people should have, you know, nutritionally, you know, being nourished during the pregnancy. These are some of the things that you think help to nosedive, I guess, what we're seeing now.
1: Yeah, those are some of the things that help the nosedive. But also when you think about how, um, you know, outcomes for women uh, there with the preeclampsia with heart disease, with um, just hemorrhaging, things like that, not giving that education. Um, And and then people, when you're going home and you're by yourself in the middle of the pandemic, all of that, um, the depression, the anxiety, all of that um, was not looked at. And of course, the main thing that I I tell uh, young people when I'm working with them is we weren't being listened to. We weren't being listened to as black women before the pandemic. And it all, it just got even worse during the pandemic. So, so yeah, all of it just came to a head and that's why we see now, you know, people starting to look at doulas a lot more seriously, but, but yes, going back to, you know, people, you know, uh, and their work, you know, we're first forced to go back to work earlier, not breastfeed the babies, things of that nature, but also, you know, the disease states that, that this put us in as black women as well.
0: It was interesting that in this report card, only one state got an A, and that was Vermont. I thought it was a little ironic.
1: Very ironic. Very ironic. I don't know too much about Vermont, but it is ironic that Vermont was the only state that got an A. I'm glad you looked at that one a little bit closer because, yeah, that that is very interesting.
0: You know, I, I see also that... Um, States that adopted Medicaid expansion seem to have done a little bit better. And I know that North Carolina did not adopt uh, Medicaid expansion.
1: We did not. And I want to say that's part of the Momnibus bill and legislation that they're still trying to push through. Um, And it takes everybody trying to get this legislation through here in North Carolina in order to get, you know, more assistance with, with these statistics that we're seeing. But, you know, one of the things that
0: I I, I want us not to forget, and I know you're not going to let me forget it anyway, is that it's not just black and brown women who are economically depressed or economically stressed. We have seen in the media stories of black and brown women who are of the upper upper um, social economic status who have had issues. I think one of the ones that come to the front of my head is Serena Williams, her story where she felt she was not being listened to. And I, uh, that, you know, no one listened to her telling them about, I have a history of blood clots. I know I should have, have heparin started at a certain point after delivering this baby. And no one listened to her. I'm going to ask it. I shouldn't. But what's that about?
1: It's about racism. At the end of the day, this is this is just straight racism. And any way you put it, it does not matter. You're right. It doesn't matter if somebody's socioeconomic status, how much money they've got, um, what great insurance that they might have, education, education. None of that matters in the statistics, and that's what that's what the organizations that we're here um, that we're working with and partnering with. Um, we have to continue to educate not just our communities, but I think the best part of this is going and holding people accountable for these statistics, which are the doctors, which are the nurses, and holding them accountable for their actions and inactions. For not listening to Black and Brown women, um, and it's it's something that's going to have to change through the whole medical establishment, from top to bottom, bottom to top, when it comes to dealing with these these all of these issues, um, because it's costing all of us. At the end of the day, it's costing every single person in this country, and it's not gonna it's not gonna go away go away overnight. It's going to have to. It's, it, I know it's not. It's taken hundreds and hundreds of years to get here without being listened to. So in order to turn this around, um, I think some counties and some states are doing it right, like Vermont, for example. Um, but even still, we've got a long ways to go to change some of these systemic and, and racist inability, uh, the inability to listen. And, and listen quickly, not not two months, three months down the road. This is this needs to be turned around very fast. But again, it's a whole establishment. It's a whole system that has been trained to do this. And um, they've got to they've got to stop. And unless we unless we get a handle on both ends. Yes, our community's learning, but also the people that are perpetrating this need to also listen and learn as well that this is this is unacceptable. This is completely unacceptable. We're
0: very pleased to welcome back to our microphones today. Miss Shalanda Burton. Miss Burton is an advanced certified birth doula. She's also a commission for dietetic registry eligible, which means that basically you just got to take that dietary test, right?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Just take uh, the it's test. It's a quick 125 questions, but it's, it was urgent. I
0: know. a busy lady. I know that.
1: But also,
0: she is the founder and executive director of the National Birth Coalition. She's also... Uh, from the the organization called Doula of North America International. She's the Southeastern Regional Director, which means she is the uh, director of about,
1: what, 13 13 states across this area? About 10 states in the whole Southeastern region of the U.S. So Georgia, um, uh, Florida, several states all up and down the East Coast. Yes.
0: You know, one of the things that I saw in the March of Downs report, though, is that they seem to feel if we could get an expansion of insurances to cover more for uh, doula services, for, you know, uh, midwife services, that this in itself could be a way of improving these numbers. What do you have to say about that?
1: I think that, yes, they're right on track. But I also say that it really does need to be um, a lot of bias training, a lot of implicit bias training. That is not just a key term. That is real. Um, When it comes to doulas, especially in our communities, we know we know what we need in our communities. Um, It's it's not something about just somebody being a body. No, we need black and brown women, people that look like us, that can relate to our, our situations, our home life, our, our, the way we eat, uh, the way we are educated, the way th- it needs to be very specific types of doulas that are assisting these families, our families, our people um, that are not just it's not about even being culturally sensitive. It's about being culturally competent at this point in order for a lot of these numbers to change. Um, The traumas that we go through as black and brown women in our life are not the same as white women's uh, traumas and issues and situations. It's completely different on a lot of levels. So unless the doulas are, are competent in their respective cultures, for example, I, I, I think that that is the way that this needs to go. It doesn't need to be anybody, oh, I just want to be a doula. No, you need to show that cultural competence in your community and a track record of it. Um, and also, I want to say the professionalism of the doula is also important. Um, anybody, you know, that takes the, takes the course can be a doula, but the, the professionalism and the competency to be able to come in and out of a hospital clinic, uh, a midwifery, uh, a clinic, uh, all of that plays an important part. So besides just being the culturally competent, you also have that professionalism that you have to display and the skill um, to really, um, understand the people that you're serving on, on several different levels.
0: Just for my information in different countries, how is it different in other countries?
1: I probably say in other countries they don't have this, this racism. <laughs> that other countries they don't they don't have racism like this. From what I can tell, that this is not something that happens in Cuba. This is not something that statistics that happen like this in Mexico. Other countries don't have this type of discrimination and racism to their. And and let me just say this, in America. It's built off of capitalism. So we're commodities to a lot of these facilities and, 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 and hospital systems. Um, we are commodities and we need to change that narrative around very quickly um, from being something in, in people that you can make money off of and actually truly help us. And we've got to help ourselves along the way. but. But it's critical. It's critical that we're not treated like commodities and people are listened to.
0: OK, I have a magic wand here and I am going to give you special powers. Your country needs you and you are now the maternal czar of the country. We've got a lot of power here. What would your platform be? What are you going to do? to improve these horrible numbers that are in the March of Dimes report. You got the power, you got the money, what
1: are you gonna do with it? The first thing i do with the power and the money is to start younger. That, that's, that's my first priority, even right now. Start even younger with educating my people. Start even younger educating my people about the food we eat, the, 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 the respect we deserve, So that's the emotional. um, So educational, emotional. And um, the other thing I would do with my people is just make sure that they know that they're loved and they should be respected at all times when they walk into any type of facility. So those were the things that I would work with with my people, how to eat, teach, uh, teach them how to um, take care of themselves a lot better. I'd also with my power. Erase racism. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, if, if I have that type of power, I would do that. I'd probably do that even before anything else um, because it's killing us. It's killing us. It's killing our babies. And there's no excuse anymore. There's, there's, we have the internet now. You know, we, we can do better if, if, if they want to do better. And we have people with lived experiences that have been saying this over and over again for decades. So, yeah, that's what I would do with, with my power. Um, change the system, change the system that has hurt um, so many people losing their babies and, um, and really, truly just make a change with us as much as I could.
0: It was interesting in that March a Down report. Uh, it showed that the uh, black and brown communities unfortunately had, again, more law even though they had some improvement they still had a lot of loss and you know so i know that your your before you have been trying to do something but obviously they have not done enough and i guess it is because not having the power to make changes in uh you know how things are are, are done
1: i probably say that's the reason why we're here That's where we're at right now, especially in this area, um, doing this project, um, Forsyth County Birth Stories, which is what I'm doing here in Winston-Salem, getting the people's information and then taking it back, these birth stories back to the hospitals, to the doctors and saying, okay, this is the evidence right here. This is what's going on right here in this city, in this county, and putting it back in their hands and saying, we need you to have a call to action on how you're going to fix this and holding them accountable for it. Um, That to me is the way that this is going to change is actually holding people accountable. And I think that's why I like my job. I like what I do so much because it's, it's going to make a difference because if not, somebody's going to probably lose some funding down the line. <laughs> and that's usually what helps, you know, you, when, you, when you're messing with people's pockets, it usually gets their attention a lot faster. And that's probably what is the difference that between then and now, um, you know, people can keep knocking at the door, asking and asking and asking, but at, at some point they're, they're going to be at the place where you're going to have to answer the door to somebody, somewhere. Well, you
0: are indeed a remarkable woman. And I'm gonna ask you, who are your heroes? Who helped you? Who formulated you?
1: I'd probably say, I guess my first heroes, I, I call them the, just the ancestors um, because it was not my intention to to do anything like this. I, I, I really truly had to listen and create the 501c3 organization, the National Birth Coalition, I had to listen. And that just came from God and, and my ancestors. So that's number one. Um, the second would probably be um, the mothers of gynecology. That's what I call them, Lucy and Archa and Betsy, um, the enslaved women who, who who, who bared a lot, a lot of grotesque experimentation on their bodies. Um, black women that were wet nursing for other, 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 other people's children. Um, I just think about our ancestry, uh, indigenous people as well. All of our ancestry that, that black women nurtured in this country. And to see all of this, what it's happening right now, it shouldn't be. um, And of course, you know, my mom, my mom is my hero. She, I wouldn't even be a doula today without my mom. He told me to do it. (laughs) She 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 told me you need to be a doula. And I'm like, I I didn't even know really what a doula was 12 years ago. But, but basically, yes, I, I wouldn't be here without any of the black and indigenous people before me and listening um, to God and what he told me to do. Um, to be able to do both of these fields, nutrition still and and birth work, it, that that's not something that I could think of myself. And and I, I I'm very humble that I that I did stop and listen. But but yes, I I have so much respect for all the women that came before me and the men as well, you know, without the men, we couldn't be here. So <laughs> we had to be produced by the men and the women. So I, I just have so much respect and regard to the, to all of the people that came before me. Um, but yes.
0: Okay. Well, Miss Burton, as we come down to the end of our uh, time together, what are your words of wisdom? What are your pearls you want to leave?
1: I always, um, when, I, when I'm talking to, to young people, especially at the colleges, the HBCUs, I tell them, um, if you're not thinking about your reproductive health, somebody else is. They will make decisions for you. If you're not educated, you won't even know what happened come the time for, you You know, that, that, and it's already been done. So my words of wisdom is get educated and don't, don't be a statistic. Um, if you don't take care of your reproductive health, legislation, anybody, everybody um, will be making those decisions for you and, and it doesn't have to be.
0: Okay. Well, we are so very pleased to have, welcome back Miss Shalonda Burton. She is founder and executive director of the National Birth Coalition. She is of the uh doula of North America, International Southern Regional Director. She is an advanced doula herself, and she is a, eligible to take the dietary boards, which I hope she will do soon.
1: Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. I appreciate this, uh, Dr. Bland, been, and thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: Thank you. This is Dr. Vita Bland. Thank you for listening to It's a Matter of Your Health, the 30 Minute Health Magazine on your local public radio station. We also invite you to visit our website at www.drblandradio.com. Again, www.drblandradio.com. There you will find past episodes of our show And you can see my weekly columns that I write for the newspaper. You are invited to like our show on Facebook. Simply search Dr. Bland Radio to find our page. Thanks for supporting this public radio station and listening to It's a Matter of Your Health. The 30-Minute Health Magazine. You've been listening to It's a Matter of Your Health, the 30-minute radio show that educates you and gives you information on healthy living with board-certified physician and hypertension specialist, Dr. Vita Bland.